This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Thank you, Tim, for sharing around Operation Amore. Thank you for all that you do. And a big thank you to Jackie Gibbon for coordinating our May Mission Month and putting it all together for sharing today as well. Friends, today is May, the beginning of May, and it's the time where we launch our May Missions Month. And it's a time of year where we raise funds to support what God is doing in this area, but also around the world. Last year, we raised $29,000, and this year we're aiming to raise $30,000 towards these great projects that we've committed to support. So I want to thank you for what you gave last year. And I want to encourage you again to dig deep, to give again, to pray, to seek God on what he wants you to do, and then be faithful in our giving. And I reckon if we all do that, we will raise the $30,000. Now, when we talk about May Mission Month, we're really talking about partnering with what God is doing across the earth. For, For the reality is God is on mission. And just as God is on mission, he asks us, to partner with him in going into the world, into the world to people who are lost and bringing them back to God the Father. For God is a God on mission. He wants people in relationship with him. He wants people who are lost to be found. He wants the relationship that was broken at the fall to be restored. God is on mission for people. My wife and I started dating Back last century, yes, back in 1999. It sounds like a long time ago, doesn't it? It all started when a, a, a man named Paul, who had an intellectual disability, was moving house from his housing commission house in Greenacre to Pitney Point. And the, and the church I was at at the time, uh, he was part of that church and he asked me to help because I had a box trailer. And so to move his house, I needed some help. So I stood up at the night service. And at the night service, I explained the situation. And I said to the congregation, if you're willing to help, come and see me at the end. And at the end of the service, this young lady, Michelle Small, who was 19 years of age, I was 22 at the time, came and said, I'll help. And by that, I was very impressed by that. Who is this young lady to want to help a guy who's intellectually disabled? to move house from Greenacre to Pitney Point. This must be a pretty special lady. So I picked her up on the, on the Saturday morning with the trailer on my car and to head over to Greenacre to get Paul's stuff. And I was already pretty impressed by her attitude and her willingness to do it. But when she turned up to the car, she had these little blue shorts on, which were no doubt done in order to impress me. Well, that's my version of events anyway. And we went and Michelle worked really hard and she served. And I was like, wow, this girl's awesome. I'm really impressed with this girl. I'm going to ask her out on a date. So later that week I did. I asked her out on a date and she said yes. And I took her to this fancy seafood restaurant in Cronulla. And we ordered the most expensive thing on the menu, the seafood platter. And I ate most of it. And it turns out later that Michelle actually doesn't like seafood. Yeah, I know. Well, after dinner, we went for a walk on the beach, held hands, had a bit of a kiss. Then I, when we jumped in the car and I drove it to her home, we said goodnight. I went to my home and then later that week, I rang her up and asked her out on a date again. And at that, 
She said, no. That's right. She said, no. And I was like, what? I really like this girl. To serve the way that she did, those little blue shorts, the way that she related to me, I really liked her. And because she said no, I was like, what's going on here? So I made it my mission to pursue a relationship with this young girl. I pursued a relationship with Michelle. And after a couple of times me asking her out and asking her out and asking her out, she eventually said yes. And mission complete. I met the woman of my dreams. Amen. (laughs) The reason I share that story is because God, friends, is on mission for people. Very different to my mission with Michelle. God is coming to rescue us. God loves people that he pursues a relationship with them. And we see this throughout the whole Bible. It starts back in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see how God made the world. And God says that when he made the world, it was good. Now, if God said something is good, friends, it is very, very good. Now, God said that people can do whatever they wanted to except for eat this, eat from one tree. Don't eat the fruit from this one tree. And then in Genesis chapter 3, they do the very thing God tells them not to do. They ate from that tree and they disobey God. And immediately after they disobey God, we have this scripture from Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. This is what it says. Straight after they disobey God, then the man and, and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid from God. For the first time ever, they hid because they recognized, because they recognized their disobedience. They were ashamed. Verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? See, the first people rebelled against God and the first thing that God did, he went on mission to find his people. Then after he told them the, the result of sin and the, and the result of sin is death, God then took an animal, killed that animal, got the skin and covered the people's nakedness which is a beautiful picture of what God was going to do through Jesus, the sacrifice to cover over and Jesus through his sacrifice, the removal of sin. God dealt with their sin in a way by, by the, the, the sacrifice of this animal and using the skin to cover over their nakedness. And as we go through the Old Testament, we see story after story of God coming to his people. In Genesis chapter 6, we're told that the world has rebelled against God so much. The people are, have nothing to do with God. They're, they're ignoring him. And the Bible says that God is grieved that he's made this world. And rather than wiping us all out, which he had every right to do, because he is king, he is creator, and we had rebelled out of love, he came to a man named Noah. And he gave him a rescue plan to build a boat. And Noah and his family were saved. And after the flood and the destruction, everything, everything on the earth, God used that family to repopulate the earth and God started again as God came to people. In Genesis chapter 12, God went to another man named Abraham, who we know as Abraham, and called him out from all the nations of the world, all the peoples of the earth. And God said to Abraham, it's through you, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You are going to be my light to the rest of the world. You are going to represent me to the rest of the world. And God says to Abraham, in Genesis 12, that through, through you, one of your descendants is going to be a blessing to the whole world. And that's pointing to Jesus. God came to Abraham with a plan to rescue all of humanity. 
God's people, some a few hundred years later. There's about two million, two million of them at the time, the descendants of Abraham, and they're in Egypt. They're in slavery. And God comes to the people through Moses. God goes to Moses and says, Moses, you're my deliverer to, to deliver the people out of Egypt. The people come out of Egypt. They go to Mount Sinai. God meets them again. God goes to them. He goes on mission again to the people to explain to them how he wanted them to live. He gives them the way to worship God. He gives them the sacrificial system, the way that they could have their sin covered and they could approach God in worship. And as we continue to look through the Old Testament, we see how the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came to kings, to prophets, to people who spoke on God's behalf over and over again to the prophets. God spoke how he wanted his people to respond to him, the things he wanted them to do, how he wanted them to live. And then the word of the Lord becomes flesh. John tells us that God becomes flesh. God comes on mission to us by becoming one of us. Jesus is born, God in flesh, born as a baby, grows to be a man at the age of 30, stands before his community and reads this from Isaiah 61. God is on mission. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Here is Jesus' mission statement, that he has come to set people free. It says that the Spirit is on him to proclaim the good news of the kingdom and he's proclaiming this good news to those who are poor. That word for poor are those who are, who are, who are reduced to beggary, those who are broken, those who are, those who are hurting. And the reality is if we look at our lives, that's all of us. Jesus has come for all of us. He has come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And if you look through the wording of that, it's about setting people free from their sin. He's come to set people free from physical sickness, blindness, spiritual blindness, physical blindness, and to set the oppressed free. Those who were crushed, those who were held down, he's come to set them free. And finally, Jesus says, I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Friend, God is a God on mission. He was a God on mission to the first people. He was a God on mission to Noah, to Abraham, to, to Moses, to his people at Mount Sinai. God was on mission throughout the Old Testament as he spoke through his prophets. And then God comes himself in flesh in Jesus Christ. And he does these very things that Luke 4 says he was going to do. He sets people free from sin through his death, which we're about to look at. He heals the blind. He heals physical sickness. He releases people who are oppressed and he proclaims the good news about God and his kingdom and teaches us how to have a relationship with God. That's what he does through his life. In, in Luke chapter 19, there's this little guy named Zacchaeus and he's up a tree. He's a tax collector. Jesus says, I'm going to your house. And no doubt Jesus talked to him and Zacchaeus says, that's it. I recognize who you are, who you are, Jesus. I'm going to have a change. And he says, if I've done the wrong thing, I'm going to pay back more than what I've, more than what I've taken. And then Jesus says, today salvation's come to this house. And then Jesus restates why he's come. In Luke 19, 10, Jesus says, for the son of man, the son of man is a title for Jesus. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Friends, Jesus came on mission to seek and to save the lost. And the reality is, friends, we are all lost. We are all lost because of our wrongdoing, because of the things we've done wrong, 
the relationship that, that, would, that the first people had with God is broken because of our wrongdoing. And what we deserve for our wrongdoing is death. That's what we deserve, death eternal. But God loves people. So he goes on mission to rescue them from death. He goes on mission to bring people back into relationship with him. And then in this story of Jesus, we have the climax, the key to this whole mission, the the fulfilment of this mission being fulfilled. And we see it in Jesus' death and in his resurrection. While we celebrated a few weeks ago at Easter, friends, this is the climax, the pivotal moment of God's mission. It is the way that people are saved. It is the way that people have relationship with God. When Jesus' friends died on that cross, he made a way for sin to be forgiven. When he hung there, he took my sin, my wrongdoing upon himself. When Jesus rose from the dead, he then gives gives me new life. Just as he has risen from the dead and has new life, he offers that to everybody who believes in him. And Jesus' death and resurrection, what he's done, offering us forgiveness of sin, offering us new life, is available to everybody. And if we want it, if we want forgiveness from God, God will give it to us. If we want new life in Christ, God will give it to us. For God is a God who loves us and is on mission to rescue us, to save us. And the climax is through his death and his resurrection. It is through his death that the sin of all people has been paid for. If people want it, there needs to be a response from people. They need to ask for it. But it's been paid. The first people's sin to the people now, to the people who are coming. All sin is forgiven through the death of Jesus if people ask for that. It's through Jesus' resurrection that all people, if they want it, if they put their faith in God, can have eternal life. But friends, that's not the end of the story. For now God has put his spirit on his church. And here's a really cool picture of our church. I love this picture. It was a fun, a fun photo we did on a Transform Cambodia day last year. It's a great photo. God puts his spirit on us. In Acts chapter 1, we have Jesus telling his disciples not to go until they are empowered to be his witnesses. And then in Acts chapter 2, the spirit comes and empowers the people and the people go into the world. And friends, if you're a believer sitting in your home, God's put his spirit on you. He's put his Holy Spirit on you to empower you to go. And one of the ways we can go is through our May Mission Month. And so this month, we have the opportunity to partner with what God is doing across the earth in our financial giving to May Mission Month. You know, as we give, we may not see all the fruit in this life, of how this money is used and the proclamation of the gospel. But let's believe that on that day when the books are opened, on the day of judgment and we see all that's been done, that we will see the fruit of how this money has been used. So my encouragement to you is to seek God, to pray, ask Him what He wants you to give and give faithfully to May Mission Month as we get to partner with what God is doing across the earth. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to give. 
We want to thank you for the opportunity to partner with you in what you're doing across the earth in bringing people to yourself. Father, guide us in our giving. Father, direct us. Help us to be obedient. Father, meet all our needs according to your riches that are in glory. And we, Father, we want to pray that this, that this money will be raised. And as this money is raised, it will be used for your purpose and your glory across the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Love you to check out our Zoom morning tea with the Padstow and Preston's campuses. Otherwise, I'll see you again next week for Mother's Day. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 